If you've been on YouTube or Steam in the last couple months, you are likely aware of an indie horror game called Poppy Playtime. It's essentially a game where you explore an abandoned toy factory called Playtime Co., discovering these different colored VHS tapes, which reveal terrifying things about the factory's past. Strangely though, I found an unlabeled green VHS tape in real life about a year ago, before the game even came out. It was just sitting next to a trash can on my route to school, in front of an abandoned factory a few streets down from me. I don't own any VHS tapes and didn't even have a VCR to play one, but it intrigued me so much, imagining what could be on there. The possibilities were endless. So I grabbed the tape and put it in my backpack with every intention to get a hold of a VCR after school and figure out how to watch it. I told my friend Chris about it in class and he was intrigued as well. So we decided to have a little watch party that day when we got out. His parents actually owned a VCR, so we swung by his place first and picked it up before heading back to my place to watch it. My place always had the best snacks, so that was a clear choice on where to watch it. After a few minutes of trying to figure out how to even hook up a VCR in my basement, Chris and I popped in the tape and sat on the couch while going ham on some popcorn. We had every expectation that it would be some kind of weird corporate training video or an old advertisement for the company, but it ended up being neither. It was an office birthday party with about 10 people. You know those ones where the company provides a cake and everyone awkwardly stands around and tries to pretend that they like their coworkers? It was the birthday of some executive named Elliot Ludwig. For the first few minutes, people were just laughing and chatting about in the office, when suddenly a guy runs into the room screaming and the lights cut out. I almost choked on my popcorn as we looked at each other wide-eyed. The camera cut to a shot angled up from the floor. The lower half of the frame was taken up by what looked like a sport coat, and the upper half was just the dark office. However, the closer I looked, the more it seemed like something tall was shuffling around in the darkness. I then started hearing the faint sound of someone crying. I immediately ran over to the VCR and stopped the tape. Chris and I decided to tell my parents right away, which they then immediately called the police. They came and took the tape for analysis and thanked us for doing the right thing. However, a few days passed and we never heard anything about the investigation again. I didn't know if the tape was fake or if we had actually witnessed something horrible that had happened in that factory. And the suspense was killing me. So Chris and I decided to ride our bikes over to the factory just to take a look. As we approached the fence, I realized the place was much more decrepit than I had imagined before. There were giant holes in the wall and looked as if a portion of the building had been burned. Initially, we just planned on looking at the building from the outside, but there was this huge gaping hole in the fence, which was too much of a temptation for me, I guess. I suppose I'm a pretty curious person to a fault. I easily slid through the fence, and even though Chris looked like he didn't want to go, he followed behind. Normally I would have been terrified too, considering what we saw on the tape, but since the whole thing was filmed on VHS, it seemed like whatever happened at least was a really long time ago. We approached a door basically hanging off its hinges, and I quickly ducked right underneath it. It led into an enormous area with high ceilings and piping running down an old brick wall. Stacks of bricks and old toy parts were strewn about everywhere. There was an old office up against the back wall, which looked to have some stacks of paper on top of a desk inside. It seemed like a good place to start investigating. We headed into the room, 
but didn't really find anything of much importance, at least until Chris pulled out a locked cabinet from underneath the desk. I quickly grabbed an old stapler off the ground and wedged it into the side of a locked drawer, popping it open. Inside was a stack of folders with a rubber band around them. I flipped open one of the folders and there was a file with a name on it and medical information from one of the employees who used to work there. I began flipping through the others and noticed they didn't seem to be one type of employee or another. They all had varying job descriptions and levels of seniority. There were drivers, secretaries, managers, whoever. Almost like it was just a random sample of people who worked there. That's when a pair of keys fell out of an envelope with a tag on them reading Suite 201. Knowing that 200 usually means the second floor, we made our way up the stairs to try and use them. I was suddenly startled by something moving up in the rafters, but when I turned back to look, I didn't see anything. We finally made it to the top and headed towards Suite 201, which was down at the end of the hall. Upon approaching, I wiped away a thick layer of dust from the edge of the steel door, indicating it had not been opened in a very long time. As I unlocked it and pushed forward, I heard the sound of pressure releasing. Inside the room were various vials and other lab equipment strewn about. Chris picked up a jar on a desk with a blue furry object floating around inside. I heard a gentle knocking coming from behind a large steel door with a small window and walked over to it. I peeked through but couldn't see much, so I tried pulling the door open. Eventually, after Chris and I pulled together, the door flew open and steam filled the room. As the fog cleared, we could see a giant glass tube with something inside it. It looked human, only its body didn't make sense anymore. Its skin was fused with this thick blue fur, and its body parts had been mutated and misshapen. But the worst was its head. It was triangular and had this hideous, wide-open mouth. However, the most terrifying thing about it was that the disfigured being seemed to be slightly moving. Somehow, it was still alive. It slowly pointed its finger towards me, and I jumped back as it tapped the glass. Chris and I both noticed at once that it was making a pointing gesture between the two of us. I slowly turned towards the entrance of the room where it was pointing. A shiver ran down my spine as I witnessed a towering shadow standing in front of the door. Immediately upon us noticing it, the figure lunged towards us its sickeningly long arms, knocking over shelves in the process. Chris and I took off running. Since we couldn't head towards the door, we ran to the right towards a different exit. Chris grabbed at the handle, but it was locked. Then one of the creature's arms slammed into the wall above us and grabbed Chris, ripping him back. I fell down next to an AC vent and quickly ripped it off from the wall. I froze in terror as I heard Chris scream. Turning back, I yelled his name, but there was no response. All of a sudden, I saw the creature's blue triangular head slink its way into the vent, its lanky arms sliding in beside it. I took off down the vent as fast as I could, clambering into the darkness. The creature kept right behind me, its mouth open wide, exposing its many rows of terrifying teeth. Finally, I reached a part of the vent that turned completely vertical. Not having any other choice, I decided to jump. Several feet down, I busted through a metal vent and landed in the room we had first entered from. Luckily, the vent had absorbed most of my fall, and I landed without too much of an impact. 
I quickly jumped up and squeezed out the door we'd come in through and took off running down the street. I got back to my parents' house as quick as I could, calling the police and telling them everything that happened. However, when I said where it was, they told me there was already a fire truck en route, which had been dispatched a few minutes before. It turned out the factory had mysteriously caught fire, along with all the evidence of what happened to me and Chris. I have to assume this was a way for the creature to get away with what it did without anyone looking any further into the case. The reason I know this is because I've started seeing many of those colored VHS tapes turning up in various places around the city. I saw a blue one at my school and a red one at the park, but those are just the ones I was able to find. I immediately told the police each time I saw one, so I only have my imagination to fill in the gaps as to what was on them, or how many more there still are. Regardless, when I saw the release of Poppy Playtime on Steam, I noticed that the evil toy Huggy Wuggy strongly resembled the creature that chased me in the factory. It makes me think that maybe the makers of the game are like me, and they know more about the true origins of the factory. Possibly they created the game as a warning to people. I can only hope they listen. The creature resembling Huggy Wuggy is still out there, and for all you know, you could be next. Hey, it's Mr. Freaky. I hope you enjoyed that original creepypasta. What's the scariest computer game you've played lately? Leave it in the comments and let's discuss. Also, please subscribe to the new Mr. Freaky vlog. I'll leave a link in the description below. Have a horrific evening, everyone, and remember to stay spooky, my friends.